it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talkin' Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Hello everyone and welcome to the agriculture conversations that occur on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. It's the first show of 2022 and we're actually going to backtrack a few months to the 2021 Montana Grain Growers Convention. We are going to have our grain talk from the MGGA convention, but it's not going to be your typical grain growers member that we talk with. It's a cattleman. So why did a cattleman pay his grain grower dues? We catch up with rancher Turk Stovall, a respected cattleman from south of Billings, Montana, on why he became a grain growers member and explore other important conversations impacting agriculture. We'll be back right after this. Montana Grain Growers President Trig Cook on the importance of membership. Instead of sitting here and complaining, I want to do something about it. If we didn't have a voice, if we didn't put suggestions out there so that they could be heard, we would have no idea and no say and we would have no room to complain about the outcome of new farm programs. And their, and their policies. Your $150 membership can keep you in the tractor and help us, the officers and your board of directors, fight for your needs and wants. Join today at MGGA.org. As we return back to having more agriculture conversations from the 2021 Montana Grain Growers Association Annual Convention in Great Falls, Montana, joining me is a new face to the grain growers crowd. He's actually a board member of the Montana Stock Growers Association, a producer from south of Billings, Montana, Turk Stovall. Uh, just paid his dues as a Grain Growers member. But, Turk, uh, before we talk about uh, your first convention here at the Grain Growers, uh, uh, how are things down south of Billings here as we wrap up 2021? Uh, obviously a tough year drought-wise, but uh, how, how are things faring here at the end of the year? Well, I'd have to say it's probably been one of the toughest years I've seen in my career. You know, the, you know, just like everybody in Montana, just this lack of rainfall has caused so many different challenges and from a really from a livestock standpoint ran out of a lot of natural water you know we've uh, we've put in pipelines over the last 10 years and if we didn't have those pipelines you know we really wouldn't even have any livestock on our ranch right now and that and that's really the case in a lot of places and you know we just didn't put up the hay you know we uh, we probably put up 25 percent of our hay volume so we're having to uh, really reach out and and buy hay. We're buying hay clear out from Washington and Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a feed yard. We've had trouble finding grain. Uh, we're having to really source our grain clear out into the Dakotas. And, uh, you know, just it's it's been a really unique year where, you know, we always face challenges, but it's definitely been uh, exponentially much more difficult this year. Exactly, and obviously Russell Nimitz uh, with Western Ag Network, he and I, uh, we were sitting in the bar the other night, we see this cowboy hat come floating by, because like I've said before, the first time I ever came to a grain growers convention, I was in my cowboy hat, and I'm like, ooh, I better better take this off, better get my ball cap on. Uh, all joking aside, I'm like, that was Turk. So we, we called you in, and we're like, what are you doing up here? And you said, I want to network. Yeah. So, so let, let's just talk about. I mean, obviously, you're active in the in the cattle association, the Montana Stock Growers. You're a leader there, and I think sometimes we get a little too isolated in our, or, our organizations. Uh, obviously, the lobbying groups work together during the legislatures, but uh, to you, why was it important to kind of spread your wings and and seek some other uh, solutions and trying to find feed? Yeah. Well, you know, truthfully, a lot of people are like, "Hey, I never thought I'd see you here," and it's just. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to get outside of your bubble or your, you know, your network that you've been in for a long time and 
and go get in a crowd that, man, you just might not really hardly know anybody. And, uh, you know, just reach out and say, hey, you know, here, my name's Turk Soval, and I'm just here to meet new people and, uh, and really expand my uh, network base. And especially in a year like year, I want to be able to meet more people that uh, produce feed. And uh, I want to know more farmers that, uh, hey, they, they produce grains that we use and, and uh, straw or hay. And, and it's been really good. And it's just interesting as we, uh, we visit, you know, we're all faced with the same issues. And especially with this drought, it, it's touched us all and it's affected us all. And, uh, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out and try to, golly, just try to make it till next year and, mm-hmm. um, and keep, the, keep the ship going. So what was, other than just trying to network and, and create those connections, what were some of those other uh, takeaways you got from attending the, the Grain Growers Convention, workshop-wise, presentation-wise, that maybe you haven't got to, at other uh, meetings in the past? Well, you know, there's there's a science to everything, just like with livestock. You know, that when you start getting down into the details, you know, it is really science-based. And, uh, you know, you know here it was, it was really interesting just how we get into the sciences of the soils or you know, or just the different, uh, the nitrogens. And, uh, and that's been really, really interesting where, hey, just maybe as a, as a livestock guy, we're, you know, we can sure appreciate that. And it really does get pretty specialized in some, some areas. So well, maybe at your next uh, stock growers board meeting, what, what I, I'm sure you'll carry back a report about coming here. What, what are you going to share with your fellow producers? Well, I'm going to definitely share that, hey, we are in a feed shortage. And it's, uh, you know, how long is that going to have an effect on uh, the livestock industry in Montana? You know, we're already seeing a lot of herds uh, being liquidated. And it's, uh, you know, we, we're we hearing 20%. We're hearing clear up to maybe 70 mm-hmm. plus percent. And unfortunately, in some areas, it's 100%. And a lot of that is just due to, hey, we have no stock water. And probably more times than not, we just cannot afford these feed prices to be able to continue to yep. raise livestock here in Montana. Yep. Well, also, Turk, maybe uh, touching on uh, beef promotion, uh, you, you are also active on the national level uh, with uh, the Cattlemen's Beef Board. Uh, what, what are some of the initiatives and the role that the CBB plays in, in promoting uh, beef here in the United States? And what, what have you got from serving on that national level? Well, you know, number one... Um, you know, I've always been a, uh, an advocate for the beef checkoff. And truthfully, even I really probably didn't appreciate the amount of effort it goes into to administer those checkoff dollars to really make sure they are going to areas that we're really truly getting a return on our dollar. And, you know, I've served on the nutrition uh, uh, committee. I've also served on the export committee. And now I also serve on the uh, evaluation committee. And and just the amount to, to even try to help, you know, my neighbors or fellow producers really understand, man, there, there is a huge effort to just really boil it down to where is the, are these dollars the most effective? And, you know, just to share a little bit about that, you know, we, um, there's a huge initi- initiative, uh, you know, just going on into the northeast part of the United States. And to when you interact with, let's just say, people from another geographical region in the U.S., you're finding out, you know, they don't really understand the things that um, we do out west and, uh, and what it takes to even bring that product to the consumer and, and always to make sure, hey, it's a safe, really high-quality product. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, who is going to deliver that message? You know, we can't do it. You know, we're here, just like we said earlier, I mean, we're here trying to, to find feed just to get to tomorrow. And, uh, and, wow, we have an awesome team that just really every day is trying to be out in front of a consumer and say, you know what, please consider beef in your, in your uh, daily diet, and here's why. Yeah. Well, I've been seeing a, a lot of comments from uh, anti-animal agriculture advocates online, and they've really been taking uh, the situation of the drought across the West and, and really promoting that as that's a great way uh, for folks that want to eat uh, actual meat, that uh, lab-grown meat is the way to go and uh, utilizing how, how we're damaging our natural resources during this drought and this and that. But as you said, we're seeing 50, 75, even 100% liquidation because ranchers need to take care of that resource for next year, maybe two years from now. Well, I guess, what is your response to that as we look at lab-growing meat? Well, number one, my first response is, is, is us as producers, we better work with organizations that are telling the real story. And... Because if we don't tell our story, someone else is going to tell the story for us. And we better make real sure that the story that's being told is truly factually based, science-based, and it's real. And, uh, you know, many of those organizations, you know, not to name any names, you know, they are somewhat making up their own story. And the only way we're ever can combat that is through our industry organizations to really bring the facts to the table that are truly science-based. And you know what, uh, you know, a lot of us are trying to do is to truly get the farmers and ranchers in front of the consumer to tell their story. And you know, there really is a family behind that product that is really cares about it. And it cares about the safety, cares about the quality. And you know, there's a lot of pride. You know, when you, uh, when you buy uh, products directly from a, a, a farmer or a rancher in whatever system that is, you know, they take a lot of pride into that. And I don't know um, if you're going to get that same if you're, uh, if you're eating uh, test tube meat. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I'm asking that question just uh, as Turk Stovall, the rancher, obviously, getting your opinion on that. But uh, when, when we look at beef promotion, uh, where, where, where do you think it's going to go in the next five to ten years? What, what is CBB thinking about? Because media has changed so much. Our consumers are, are on social media. But we've also seen uh, uh, folks that utilize uh, checkoff dollars, contractors that check off, getting back into TV because there's consumers, there's affordable pricing there. Where, where, where is that conversation of what, how do we have the best tools to reach our consumers out here in the United States and also uh, globally? Yep. Well, I think it's, it is all channels. And, uh, you know, as uh, just, as people are, are changing, even how they interact, you know, we're, you know, we're going to more of a social uh, media-based uh, world all the time, if we like it or not. It's just the reality of it. And so, you know, as from a, uh, a beef checkoff do- dollar standpoint, I mean, I would say all marketing channels and all communication channels are really trying to be utilized to the most effective possible bill. You know. So tying that into your operation, how has technology uh, impacted uh, your management, your feed rations, buying? Well, how, how has that changed since uh, you've come back uh, from, from obviously, um, uh, your studies and uh, 
Uh, obviously, I mean, you have a master's, right? Yeah. Or do you have a doctorate? Just no, I have, I have two masters. Two reason. masters, okay. So, I mean, we could combine that and maybe get a light doctorate. Yeah, maybe I mean, so, maybe. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but how has that changed from growing up on the operation? Well, just for an example, uh, with a feed truck, uh, it would have been, okay, well, we need two buckets of corn. We need, uh, okay, fill the hay in there until it kind of dribbles out a little bit. <laughs> you know, to where, you know, our feed trucks and our feed yard are all computer-based so we have touchscreen computers in our uh, feed trucks that all downloads to a server in the office you know we have a consulting nutritionist we have a consulting veterinarian you know everything's measured um, we're constantly getting feedback on hey how did we do today we were this percentage over or these are our allowances and it is only going to get more so you know obviously from a farming standpoint we're using GPS systems uh, and it's just going to continue. Now, the one thing I do believe is different in the livestock industry is, is you still are going to need somebody with some sort of uh, knowledge on when I look at this animal, is that animal uh, doing okay? Is it on the path that I really want him to be at? And, uh, and if that's the case, how do I um, work with my management team to keep going the direction I'm wanting to go? And that... I just don't see how uh, that would ever be replaced electronically. Now, what what is being uh, constantly improved is just just the technology of information to be able to give a pin rider an app on their phone to say, "Hey, I went out and I evaluated this animal, and I don't think he's doing that good, but I can type in his ear tag number, and I can really download. All of a sudden, I see, okay, here is his history." and uh, be able to make a, a more on-site decision. And, and you're, you're not inside. You're, you are uh, um, maybe out into a pasture or you're for sure out in your feedlot pins. You know, the one thing that we've been investing in just in our operation is being able to have more wireless uh, capabilities, even in our feed yard. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I think that is really the future. Well, and you and I were just talking at the stock growers meeting about having fiber optic and, and how, how do you get hooked up to it? But you've probably been looking at uh, satellite. Uh, well, what are you? I mean, I it, it's a yeah. you're still a ways away from billings yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, what, what what are some of those technologies you are using or, or looking at? Well, we in, in some of our areas, we still use uh, a satellite. Uh, but what we went to uh, for our main uh, feeding area is we actually have our own access point that's shot from Billings uh, to get more of a constant feed because the with our software systems there was the satellite uh, systems weren't uh, weren't able to operate that and so it, yeah when we uh, when we had the fiber optic come somewhat close to some of our properties like hey how do we tap into that mm -hmm. well you know I joked about wearing a cowboy hat to the, the grain growers convention, but I, I think there needs to be so many interchangeable hats between farmers, ranchers, those that do both. What, I guess, what is your uh, piece of advice to somebody that's listening to this that's that's a cow-calf operator, maybe not involved in feeding like you are as well, but um, well, what's your advice to them on why they need to maybe get more active uh, within their local livestock association and possibly their, uh, their local grain group as well? Well, I, you know, I can't, I can't stress enough how important our our industry organizations, um, how how you really should try to be involved, and and even if just you're a member, boy, they really return you 
information. They, they help you be better just by helping you grow in knowledge about the products that you are raising. Um, you know, if that's Montana stock growers or if that's Montana grain growers, you know, just, you know, just my, this is my first convention here at, at grain growers, but, uh, you know, just meeting some of the members here, um, you know, I, you know, I got outside of my bubble and, and met some really great operators and gosh, you just can't learn enough by being around other really good operators. Yep. And, and so, gosh, I know, you know, it's, it's, it's always a fight for time. And, uh, you know, we can always make all of the excuses in the world. Well, I can't make it or that's just, you know, I can't get away. But, you know, just because there's a convention, it's three days long. You don't have to go for all three days. Just, you know, pick pick what is really applicable to you and really just try to go. And just, gosh, if you just met one other person, you're really growing your network. And, and, and that's really what it's all about because what's... It doesn't matter if you're stock growers or green growers. You know, really, we're all in the in it together. And um, you know, and I had the opportunity to visit with some of the green growers leadership today. Um, talked, you know, briefly about some policies and uh, said, "Hey, just just from from being a director of Montana Stock Growers, you know, how can we work together? And how can we make this a better place to be a farmer and a rancher in the state of Montana? And that's really what we were both really focused on. Well, again." Uh, Turk Stovall joining us. Uh, th thanks for sitting down with us. I know, I know you're going to be heading home here, but uh, thanks for sharing your perspective and uh, and talking about uh, paying your dues and, and coming to the grain growers uh, meeting. I got to ask you, what what is your favorite cut of beef? My favorite cut of beef would be the strip. The strip. Wait, why is that? You know, I like a higher quality meat. Um, you know, past employee of certified Angus beef, so I'm, you know, it's somewhat biased to that uh, level of quality, and uh, and I just think a strip gives you the best eating satisfactory uh, experience there. To where, gosh, you know, uh, every bite of the strip is going to be just as good as the first to the last. Turk, thank you so much for sitting down with us, sharing your perspective. I'd love to get out to the operation, sit down with you and Jenny, and talk about all that's going out there on a separate episode. But uh, thanks for joining us here today at the Grain Growers Convention. Yeah. Thank you, Lane. Again, that will do it for today's Grain Talks with Montana Grain Growers member, a new member that is, Turk Stovall. I'm Lane Nordland here on the Lanecast Ag Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Lanecast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.